and welcome to episode, what is it now? <laughs> I think it might be 120 blah, 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 of the Woolwork podcast. <laughs> My goodness me, it has felt like quite some time since I podcast. It was only October, um, but November has been, uh, well, it's been a bit of a haze, to be honest. But uh, it is now December, it's the 22nd, uh, the shortest day and the longest night has passed and the nights are going to be getting, the days and nights are going to be getting longer um, and that can only herald the return of the light, which is a wonderful thing. Having said that, it is a lovely bright day here in Edinburgh as I sit at my table the podcat is lying on the back of the couch. The sun is streaming in the window. She has found her light um, and she is enjoying it. Um, yeah, it's a nice blue sky day here in Edinburgh. I haven't been outside yet, though, so I don't know how cold it is. But the wool quota has been fairly low, I have to say. It's not been... I've not had a massive need for many, many, many layers of wool. Um, but that might all change, who knows. Uh, welcome. If this is your first time at the podcast, you are very welcome. If you are a returning listener, you too are very welcome. It's lovely to have you round, of which I feel this might be quite a long episode, so you might want to take it in batches. You might want to make sure you've got a pot of tea or coffee or whatever festive drink. Uh, you might... Um, wish to partake in uh, and settle in with me um, for a little while. Um, as I said, I, it's, it was October the last of my podcast. I didn't podcast in November because I almost felt like I had, um, except it was a different podcast entirely. Uh, if you have been on the blog in the last month, you'll have seen that there is a new post featuring links to yarn in Scotland, for which I felt called to action to do because um, I'd heard uh, on the Out of Doors programme on BBC Radio Scotland that someone had written in to say that there was no wool for knitting in Scotland, of which we all know. That's not the case. But that led me to write the blog post and it also led me to get in contact with the show um, to let them know. And when I did that, they emailed me back and asked me to come on the show. Um, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. November really had a bit of a recurring pattern of quotes. I haven't done that in ages. Um, the Out of, Out of Doors podcast was one such thing. Um, it's the first time in ages that I'd spoken about wool on a platform uh, that wasn't mine uh, and to a largely non-crafty audience. I can't explain just how nervous I was. Uh, I felt ill with nerves. I felt really, really quite petrified. I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I had stuff to say. I knew that I wanted to set the woolly record straight and I knew that there would be people who would find that interesting, even if craft um, yarn crafts weren't you know, a high priority for them or or a interest at all. Um, 
But all of my nerves and anxiety about the I haven't done that in ages thing was down to feeling disconnected a little bit. Um, I had disconnected myself from public rule talk, really. When COVID disrupted our world, it was very easy for me to let the podcast be one of the things I let slide. I was more than happy to take the slowness that 2020 was offering as a a consequence of COVID-19. But I didn't realise how disconnected I had let myself become. And I and I had to do quite a bit of meditating on that and reconnecting. <clears throat> you know, that is something that I've really struggled to do is to, to reconnect with that um, side of things. And I think because last year when I changed the name of the podcast, I'd made this even bigger push to encourage everyone to be the change for local wool themselves. You know, I strongly encourage people to become advocates I mean, that, that's just good sense, many voices rather than one. Um, but it was also a counter to the kind of thing that was starting to happen to me um, as part of the podcast in November. You know, people were telling me that I should do X, Y or Z in relation to rule advocacy. Um, you know, sometimes it's easier to ask one person to do something. Um, one person who seems to have some sort of agency or expertise um, to campaign for such things. And I still feel strongly that we all need to do our bit. We all need to be the change, um, no matter what our platforms are. Anyhow, (laughs) 2020 allowed me the grace to kind of slow my own content. And, you know, it was one of the easier things for me to um, slough off a little bit for myself, um, to not have to focus on it when other things were happening this year. But suddenly, when I wanted to throw myself back into doing really things again, I f- had found that I'd lost a few tendrils of of the confidence connected to talking about wool. Um, the Out of Doors podcast I should say, went really well, despite my nerves. Um, Somebody once told me that when you're public speaking, if you get nervous, you should smile when you talk and all people will hear is your smile. And I think that worked because lots of people said I didn't sound nervous at all. And I listened back to it and I really did think, I don't, that doesn't sound like a nervous person. But it was different inside. You know, I still felt nervous and um, I still felt afterwards, even after I'd done that interview on the day, I still had this feeling, this ball of anxiety about it in my chest, you know, this kind of imposter syndrome almost, like, why will people care what I have to say about this? The next, I haven't done that for a while, um, that came in November was that I gave a talk at a conference, which was not about wool. That was something connected to my job. Uh, Well, it wasn't even something connected to my job, but it was related to um, sound archives. And that was good. There was was a sense of release with that, or relief with that, in that I could pre-record my talk. I didn't have to try and traverse my first online PowerPoint presentation um, live. Yeah, it was good. It was nice to be able to to, um, pre-record that. And so... Thankfully, I didn't. I had the nerves, but I didn't have the same feeling of overwhelm when that was happening. Um, 
The next, I haven't done that for a while, of November was that I gave a talk at Maddie Harvey's online knitting retreat, which was a lot of fun. And that was my first PowerPoint whilst talking delivered live over the internet. Um, and that was really good. Like I just enjoyed that so much when I was doing that. Um, as usually happens, I kind of get nervous halfway through when I realise, oh my God, I'm doing this, I'm actually doing this. But in the run-up to doing that, again, I was ridiculously nervous and anxious. And I tried to put myself in the position <clears throat> of thinking, am I usually this nervous before doing really things and events? And I don't know if I have been to the point that I have been this year, but I was just absolutely, you know, driven to the point of utter distraction. It was, it was tough in the run-up. Fine during that one, absolutely fine. I enjoy waxing wooly with people. Um, the talk was about local wool, but it was talking about um, thinking about using local wool when it comes to yarn subbing and what we need to think about in general when it comes to substituting yarns and things like that. Um, so it was really good. It was grand. It was fine. But right up until the point of doing it, I was kind of driven to utter distraction um, with nerves. And really that was the same for all of these. I haven't done that for a while, things last month. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't really enjoy that feeling of being nervous to the point of being ill or driven to, you know, as I say, distraction. Um, but it was almost like I couldn't balance all the things that I wanted to do with the things that I needed to do, to do. And bound up in there were issues of anxiety, imposter syndrome, things like that. And I've spent an awful long time since trying to focus on that. Um, I spoke to several friends about it too. Many reminded me that I'm a great communicator, that my enthusiasm ultimately shines through no matter. Um, and that is something that I do know and I obviously do, do, do try to focus on that, but the feelings despite that, and it's sitting with me still a little bit, you know, that feeling bound up in doing woolly events. Um, or whatever woolly events are now in 2020 and beyond. Um, I think perhaps the other side of it is that I haven't necessarily missed doing that kind of work. And again, you know, don't get me wrong, I have absolutely no regrets. Um, I, you know, I, as I said, I was happy to slip off doing the podcast and that kind of work this year. Um, and I, I'm extremely grateful that I was able to slow down and, and cast those things off. But I guess I worked hard to create boundaries between what I do and what I do for the podcast and what I do in my non-work and my non-podcast time. And so obviously this year those boundaries have shifted or changed a lot and I need to rebuild them or rethink them. Uh, so this winter break will hopefully give me time for that perspective but it doesn't mean I don't want to do events in the future uh, just that I haven't necessarily missed doing them um I am thinking about doing some informal wool talks in the new year but I just need to kind of find where the gaps are in the perimeter fence of me <laughs> and do some work on those um yeah um, so, I mean, I have no other information for you at the moment on what those informal talks will be, other than they'll be based on wool exploration. 
and you know breed specific and if there are costs involved with that it will be charity donations which is something that I had promised myself that I would do in the new year last year you know remember when 2020 was new and we were really hopeful about what, what the year would hold um, but I'd promised myself that a portion of paid work that I did undertake would benefit charity specifically anti-racist charity and I'm very grateful to Maddie for um, donating to the Coalition for Racial Equality and Rights um, for the work that I did for our retreat. CRER uh, or CRER uh, is a Scottish strategic racial equality charity based in Glasgow and they focus on work to eliminate racial discrimination and harassment and promote racial justice across Scotland. They advocate compa- uh, campaign and influence developments to promote racial equality. So anything I do in the new year coming work-wise will also involve donation to any kind of hard work, charitable work that is going towards stamping out inequality. That's, you know, what I can do as part of my own ongoing work and research um, and learning. That whole sort of range ranging around my anxieties and things. Um, I have been grateful um, as well in 2020. Um, But, you know, I'm in that place where I am acknowledging that 2020 has been a massive dumpster fire, melting pot of fear and frustration, um, and also have things that I can be grateful for from it. Um, And it's okay to feel all those things. It's okay to find the silver linings if you can, and it's okay to feel it's crap. It's okay to feel full stop, really. I just hope um, that uh, whatever you, you know, that you can verbalise it somehow, either talk to a friend or put it out there on your social media, because that's okay to do too. 2020 means you don't have to curate your Instagram anymore. You don't have to try and polish the turd of 2020 into an Instagram beautiful flatly. You can absolutely get it out there, on there. Um, I see a lot of stuff on socials where some people are saying, if I see one more person say we need to be grateful, uh, versus the people who say, if we can only take one thing from this year, then it is x y or z and and all of that is allowed all of that is valid um you know particularly at the moment with the very recent changes in the uk um to plans for christmas there was a christmas relaxation window that's no longer a window more than a very little um letterbox uh of time uh and um you know tier four lockdowns in scotland for at least three weeks from boxing day can I, you know, just say that I hope you're all okay and I know this will be affecting many of us really, really harshly um, and it's just a culmination of bad on top of bad on top of a really hard year. Um, I hope you have someone to talk to. I will put a link in the show notes to some of the helplines and listening services that I always link to in my Instagram profile. Um do reach out and use these if you need to. Don't feel like you don't have a lifeline. As you know, I don't have too much love for Christmas. Uh, we like to hunker down, eat sweets, read books, watch TV, craft. Um, that won't be changing this year, really. Um, other than we will just do more hunkering, more eating sweets, <laughs> read, reading, etc., etc. Um, 
regardless of how you feel about the festive, if indeed it is festive for you, um, I send you all my good wishes uh, and hope that you are able to carve out something for yourself in this time, whatever kind of self-care that might be. All that talk of perspectives <laughs> um, reminds me that I have a book to tell you about that I should have told you about ages ago and had I podcast last month I would have told you about it probably before it was published but hey ho <laughs> 2020 and all that um, I'm sure you know all about this book uh, but it is Perspectives um, which is a new book by Julie Rutter of Black Isle Yarns and designer Emily K. Williams. It's a design collection which is a love letter to the landscape and the wool of the Highlands of Scotland. Uh, as you know, Julie started her business prompted by the need to utilise some of the incredible locally bred wool on her doorstep um, and create beautiful knitable yarn with it. Um, or beautiful craftable yarn, I should say. I know we're not all knitters here. Earlier in the year, she released her new yarn, Ochen, uh, of which Julie sent me a skein, which, comedy of errors, um, she had to end up sending me another one because it was at, at that point where we were living in a flat that we were hopefully going to move out of ere long. Um, so I asked Julie to send the yarn to my work Um just a few days really before we went into national lockdown and I wasn't in my work well I certainly wasn't in the building of my work for about six weeks after that point and the post had been totally messed up I don't know if it ever got back sent back to Julie I hope it did and that first skein never got sent never got to me at my at my work um but she very, very kindly sent me another skein of this incredible yarn um, and it is Aachen and Julie hand-selected the Cheviot, Shetland and Blue-Faced Leicester fleeces from eight small holdings around the Highlands all within an hour's drive of Julie's home. It spun at New Lanark and then Julie naturally dyes the yarn herself. Some of the Woolwork community uh, helped Julie to um, road test Aachen before it went on sale and it went down stonkingly well. Our responses were that this um, sport weight yarn was wooly, sheepy, robust, but next to the skin soft, plump, springy, voluminous, uh, incredibly versatile for all stitches and uses from cables to lace to garter to colour work. Um, Aachen as well as being an incredibly versatile yarn, obviously has an incredible story to tell. And as we all know, the story doesn't stop with the yarn and the skein. But when we knit with it, the story goes on. And so Julie teamed up with Emily and a feast of incredible designers to continue the tale of Aachen in design. And so born was the book Perspectives. Uh, there are six designs uh, made in Aachen, there is the Petulish Vest by Emily, the Rothy Marcus Cowl by Mika John, the Feshy Shawl by Maddie Harvey, the Balvatin Mittens by Jules Billings, 
In Shriach Hat by Julie Rutter and the Yannich Shawl by Tyne Swedish. And these designs are really beautiful. Um, I love the simple flowing lace detail on the petulish vest, a sweater that will help keep your core cosy but looks fantastic. Um, the brioche tuck stitch and the two colours of Mika's Rothy Marcus cowl is so beckoning that I think I'm going to cast that on as soon as possible. Love a cowl. Um, Maddie's feshy shawl is positively undulating with plump lace lozenges in this triangular shawl. And the texture of Jules's balvatin mitts has me absolutely yearning for crunchy snow to make, make um, snowballs. You know that lovely sound that snow makes when you're forming a snowball in mittens. A lovely crunch. Um, the colour work on Julie's in hat looks incredibly detailed but is deceptively just two colours per row um, and a perfect hat for winter weather. And Tyne Swedish's Janich shawl um, tips a loving nod to the hat tradition, but is a shape that I think a lot of people will find a lot more wearable than the traditional um, square design. Photographed in the very landscape that these designs take their names from, Jenny Reed um, once again has shown off her amazing talent for not only capturing beautiful design in knitwear, but something special in the models, Emily and Julie, and the stunning backdrop uh, of the Highland locations. There are written instructions and charts. The layout is, le uh, is really clear and absolutely top marks um, for using an accessible font. That was one of the first things that I noticed about this book. Uh, not only does the book look good, but my goodness, it feels good. You know I love good paper and this book feels strong but the pages are silky and there is no reflective glare. That is often a hard balance to reconcile with some books and magazines or so it would seem. You know, sometimes when I'm looking at um, books and magazines I have to turn off the overhead light when I'm reading because um, the page in print is dazzling under the light. This book just dazzles in other ways um, rather than reflection. <laughs> Um, well done and congratulations to Julie for having this incredible vision for this yarn and for um, the book which shows off exactly what this yarn can do in design. Uh, in addition to the six designs there are essays about the wool, beautiful descriptions and images of the landscape that give the designs their name. Um, there is also fantastic illustrations by uh, Katie Green of the Green Bean podcast Looking at this book also made me remember my trip to Kincaid earlier this year and I felt very soothed by Jenny's images um, of the natural landscape as well as utterly inspired by all of the knit items um, and I want to make them all. Um, if you haven't got this book yet, I do urge you to have a look at the designs and find the book info at uh, blackisleyarns.co.uk uh, Julie has been incredibly kind and offered a copy of the book to give away. Um, I dropped her a note just very recently on Instagram to say how much I was enjoying the book and she offered a copy but I realise now that her offer actually came much earlier because I found a note <laughs> just today inside the book when she sent me my pre-ordered copy saying exactly the same thing. So I'm sorry Julie, I should have thanked you for your kind offer earlier. Um, but thank you, thank you so much um, and congrats again. Um, 
To be in with a chance of winning your own copy of Perspectives, I would like you to go to the Black Isle Yarns website, have a look at the patterns in Perspective and tell me which design you'd make first. Um, and also, um, which shades of Aachen you would knit them in. Um, I will draw a winner for the book in the new year. Julie updated her shop with natural dyed Aachen shades just very recently so do not delay if you want to snag a skein of this delicious yarn um, before it sells out. Uh, I am going to pair my naturally coloured Aachen with an indigo dyed Coolmore which is Julie's cheviot yarn for the Rothy Marcus Cowl um, and that might just be my Christmas cast on. Are you casting on for the festive break? I have quite a few things uh, that I want to cast on. And, you know, I've spent most of this year not wanting to cast on much or doing small cast-ons because I didn't want to commit to doing too many items. I didn't want to... I just didn't want to put any extra pressure on myself to produce lots of things this year. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic and feel like I want to cast on all the things. So I'm doing a Wooly Wormhead cast-on with my two friends who have both recently discovered Wooly Wormhead this year and hat knitting in particular. Um, I think I'm going to make the tubed hat, which is a new free pattern um, from Wooly Wormhead. And I'm going to use Old Maiden Aunt's Corridale Sport Weight in Crazy Ivan, which is a lovely uh, variation in that for that hat. I also recently cast on the Castile hat by Wooly Wormhead in Ginger Twist Studios Sheepish. Uh, in Lallybroch colour, but I didn't get past the brim. So I know I have another hat on hand to knit. I also have a few sweaters on my radar too. Um, on the 31st of October, I cast on Gudrun Johnson's Yoki Doki sweater. But in my angsty November, I didn't do more than knit a few stitches on this. Um, another sweater that's on my radar is the Tabular sweater by Maya Moeller from Pom Pom 23. Uh, this is knit in pieces. It's got a modular front design in different colours. Um, I've swatched with Jimison Smith Jumperweight in very near similar colours to the original um, from Pom Pom, which I think might have been in Issigar yarn. So I have that. And then also Donna Smith's Peary Leaves Jumper from the Shetland Wool Week annual this year is calling me. And I think that's going to be made in used wool in the Tuath yarn which was the yarn they made for the North Atlantic Sheep and Wool Conference a couple of years ago um, like I say I finally feel I'm in a place where I can allow myself um, multiple cast-ons so um, whether these get knit is another thing entirely um, what about you? I put up a, a post on my Instagram this week asking you that very question um, if you've got anything that you're going to be casting on this um, festive period again if it is festive for you or this Christmas and New Year period um, or this holiday period um, <laughs> or these endless days before the end of the year um, then then please pop over to Instagram and let me know um, on that post what you're going to be making Svartbull's wool exploration. <gasps> what? I know, wool exploration. <gasps> it's been quite some time, hasn't it? I'm not going into the fact that, again, that 
not being able to use the wool work group on Ravelry has scuppered this a bit or the fact that 2020 in general has scuppered this a bit um I just want to thank you for your patience with this. I know it's been a while since we looked at Hebridean and we can look forward to Shropshire and Whiteface Woodland happening sometime in 2021. But let's have a quick look at Zwartblaze, shall we? These are one of our long-term lodger breed varieties here in the UK. It's not a British breed. Um, The... Zwartblaze were developed in the late 19th century in the Friesland region of the Netherlands. It's thought that the Zwartblaze breed is descended from a large breed of sheep called the Schoenbecker. I'm going to apologise right now to (laughs) my um, Dutch-speaking audience who might uh, find my pronunciations jarring. The breed was developed as a dairy and meat breed, uh, but by the 1970s, numbers were in decline, uh, perhaps around 200 purebred Zwartblaze between six breeders in the Netherlands. Um, So they were entered into the Dutch Rare Breeds Register. Uh, The first imports to the UK were in the mid-80s, which is earlier, actually, than I thought. Um, They were seen as a bit of a hobbyist flock, uh, but there was an increase uh, to larger flocks in the 90s, and the UK Zwartblaze Sheep Association was formed in 1995. There are around 700 registered Zwartblaze flocks in the UK. They are prized for being good mothers, easily bucket-led, and don't suffer the same foot drop problems as other breeds. They're seen as very commercial too. According to the breed standard, the fleece is, quotes, true black, though fleece ranges um, in brown shades too. The fleece is thick, springy, with a good crimp, The sheep are big framed, a tall sheep with a long neck and a very erect posture and they don't have horns. They have this white blaze down their face from the crown uh, and that is what blaze means, blaze uh, in Dutch, zwart meaning black. Um, They have two or sometimes four white socks on their long legs and they really have a very noble alert look about them. I remember about maybe 10 years ago, actually more than that now, 11 years ago anyway, when I was uh, working at the Shetland Times newspaper in uh, Shetland, I got an email about a piece that somebody was doing about, it was, it was the like semi-regular agricultural um, feature and somebody was talking about Zwartblaze, these Zwartblaze sheep. Just seen a picture of what they looked like and it was somebody in Shetland who had decided to get some of these sheep and they like, I mean they were just like, I mean they looked like they were on stilts compared to the little Shetland um, sheep. Um, absolutely beautiful. Um, anyway, their wool um, can be medium to fine. 27 to 32 microns. It has a strong crimp and colours, again, mostly range from dark black to brown black. The properties of the wool for spinning and craft uh, was reported to be the reason for the uptake in the Netherlands and there was a demand for Zwartblaze wool for knitting as well as in addition um, to their milk and their meat. 
uh, earlier this year, we had 10 road test reviews of Zvortblez um, by seven reviewers. And we had Zvortblez yarn from the Netherlands, Australia and here in the UK. I can see from my own notes that I wrote them separately this time rather than adding them into the Google form, um, which is... Uh, Obviously, haven't prepared well for this, given that I've had so much time. Um, but I will uh, read our Wool Explorers first, and then I will just tell you about my experience. Um, so I'm going to refer to... Uh, I used to refer to all of our Wool Explorers by their Ravelry name, and I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to refer to them by their the name that they have given, um, and I'm sure you'll understand why that is. This episode we've got uh, Carol, Mariette, Claire Moore, Deborah Reynolds, Belinda, Elena, Natalie and myself. Um, but as I say, I'll add mine in at the end. Um, Carol and Mariette were both using uh, Lancashire farm wools. Claire was using wool and spun four ply from Rosecombe Farm in Hampshire. Uh, Deborah was um, hand spinning Zwartblaze uh, from Witchwood Spinner in the UK. Belinda was spinning tops from Shepherdess Australia. Uh, uh, Elena was uh, hand spinning tops from Wingham's Woolworks. And then we had uh, Natalie who was um, spinning and also knitting with yarn from Pure Wool in the Netherlands. And um, Mariette, again, who was using yarn local to her from Greenheart Wools. So we'll hear a little bit about that. And then I'll tell you about my experience with John Arbin, um, Zwartblis. So first of all, that hand squish grab. Um, so Carol, using the Lancashire Farm Wools, which is a DK woolen spun, said it was soft and quite springy there is a faint sheep smell and it's tickly when put against my cheek and neck uh, marietta who was using the same yarn um, said there is only one word bouncy the yarn bounces back uh, when in the skein the thread is thicker than i thought i think it's more like a worsted weight uh, there is a there are little white hairs all over, but the colour is a warm brown, dark brown. I know the sheep very well because they're a common breed here in the Netherlands. Many of them are brown with a reddish glow, yet uh, but this yarn is deep brown. There is a very round thread made of three plies. Mm, that's my favourite. Uh, moderately twisted. I think this calls for a swatch with cables. Claire Moore, who was using the Roscombe Farm four-ply woolen, um, just a note to say that I couldn't find any Roscombe Farm um, yarn online, um, so I'm not quite sure um, if this was locally purchased or not, uh, just in case you go looking for the same yarn. Um, Claire said uh, that it was soft, plump and squishy. It was warm in the hand and she thought that it would look good in lace patterns. Uh, Deborah Reynolds um, was using fleece from Zwartblis fleece from Witchwood Spinner here in the UK and she spun this up into uh, lace in semi-worsted and woolen spun. She said both worsted and woolen spun uh, balls of yarn felt very bulky and solid. There was a down-like rustle when squeezed and released. 
Not expecting a drapey fabric at all, but a great yarn for socks, maybe outerwear, sweaters, blankets, black wool crispier and fuzzier than the brown. The white fibred wool is smoother. Belinda, um, um, worsted hand spun uh, four ply, uh, Australian Zwartblis. She says the top felt crunchy yet soft. Um, while spinning, it drafted easier, easily and it wanted to spin fine. Uh, in the skein, it felt quite crispy. Elena, um, with her hand-spun four-ply worsted-spun Zwartblis, said it was woolly and slightly coarse, good stretch and spring back in the skein. Compared with Black Welsh Mountain, it's not as soft and it's darker, and Black Welsh Mountain has a little more ginger to it. Uh, she thought that this would be good initially for outerwear and uh, good homeware items. Uh, Natalie, who is based in the Netherlands, hand-spun um, yarn from Pure Wool and also tried their own mill-spun four-ply as well. So for her hand-spun double-knit woolen-spun, she said, uh, most pronounced yarn property is in its bounciness. It stretches fantastically. It feels moderately soft at first uh, look and feel, she says, I think this would be good for next to the skin wearing. It looks very insulating, um, so it could be a good pullover or a good cardigan for winter periods. Of the mill-spun, four-ply, worsted-spun yarn from Pure Wool, she said, uh, the skein feels a bit prickly, but not disturbing at all. There is quite a sheepy smell, and although I do not usually mind it, I think this is strong enough um, to think about using wool wash to disguise it a little. The yarn feels a bit wiry, but not as and not as bouncy or elastic as I anticipated. Um, at first look and feel, I think the wool is probably not to be used next to the skin or in sensitive areas, but it could become nice gloves or hat. I love the colour and I'm curious about cables and lace patterns to see how that will turn out in this wool. That's really interesting already straight away to see wool from the same place. Um, but obviously Natalie has carded and woolen spun her own hand spun and the mill spun is worsted spun. So you have the same wool but two very different preparations. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, how that review goes. Uh, and Marietta was using Greenheart wool, um, which is a sport weight woolen spun yarn. And she says, hand squish grab, the wool felt feels very dry and the yarn is skein up very tightly in the ball. Not as bouncy as the double knit Zwartblis, which she also reviewed for this uh, wool exploration. She says, this is a bit prickly against my cheek. It's made up of two plies, so I want to try lace. I'm curious if it has enough drape for a shawl. So observances whilst swatching. Carol, with her Lancashire Farm Wools DK Woolen Spun. She says the yarn feels a, a bit plumper than a DK weight, um, which is also what Mariette found with the same one. She says it feels soft in my hands and very light when knitting. The ply seems relaxed and quite airy. It knits up smoothly, but a tad splitty because of that looser ply. Mariette, with the, with the same Lancashire farm yarns, she chose a cable design from Nora Gochen's Knitted Cable Sourcebook. Um, it's a cable with a lot of volume. She says, I'm, I made an edging with a double seed stitch. The stitches are very well defined, despite the dark colour. 
Uh, Claire, with her Roscombe Farm Hampshire Zwartbliss, a four-ply woolen, said the initial swatch was on 3.25mm needles and it was hard on my hands and made quite a stiff fabric, but second swatch on 3.5mm needles knits it beautifully soft with some drape. Use bamboo needles, no splitting of the yarn whilst knitting, but it did shed little hairs. Uh, it felt soft and warm when knitting. I had the impression I was knitting with teddy bear fleece. The yarn had a few splits and breaks, but this may be specific to the batch. It was very comforting to knit with and had good stitch definition. Uh, Deborah, with her hand-spun uh, lace weight, semi-worsted and woolen, she said, her woolen spun was crisp feeling. Despite the low twist singles, it wasn't too splitty, despite the crimp, and it wasn't, it wasn't overly grabby. Uh, she said... A good light is essential for knitting with it because it's a black, it's a dark matte fibre. Um, she said the worsted spun lace weight singles were softer feel than the woolen, not splitty but more grabby and th- than the woolen and drapier. Belinda with her four ply hand spun worsted, she said, this is the crisp yarn of my dreams. It's crunchy and lovely to work with. The cables look nice, but the colour disguises them a bit. I really, really like garter stitch and lace. I don't think I'd want this around my neck, but as outerwear socks or perhaps a cardigan would be nice. I did a crochet swatch to test the theory about it being uh, rugged if knitted and crocheted at a firmer gauge and to use up the rest of the ball, and it certainly is quite rugged and rigid and stiff. I definitely don't want that next to my skin, uh, but it's not so scratchy that a cuff or something gently touching um, whilst peeping out over clothing would be uncomfortable. Like that extra step of trying it out in a different gauge and a different different craft, because as we know, every time we craft a, a, with a yarn, we're putting a different texture into it, we're putting a different twist or a different form, which is going to have... A different feel. Elena, with her hand spun uh, four ply worsted spun from Wingham Woolworks, she uh, was knitting a vivid square on 3.5 millimeter needles. She said it's gorgeously soft and wooly through the fingers, nice and bouncy, and the pale hairs add some rustic interest. Rustic interest, I like that description. Natalie, with her hand spun uh, double knit woolen spun. Zwartblaze fleece from the Netherlands. She was knitting a stockinette uh, square with a garter border and she says the yarn feels soft and nice. The garter border is very squishy. There is an oily sheen to the swatch uh, which is maybe a bit of lanolin left in the yarn. With her mill spun worsted uh, spun yarn from the same uh, supplier, she says the yarn feels prickly and somehow rigid. But I like how the pattern turned out. It feels a bit squishy in the garter border, but less than I expected. Nice stitch definition. I used a stretchy cast off and noticed the fabric flare out quite a lot. Mariette was knitting with green heart wool zwartblaze uh, sport weight wool and spun. And she said uh, the yarn is good to work with. It also feels special because it's from sheep very local to me only 30 kilometres from where I live. There was much texture in the finished swatch, really bumpy. There was not much drape in the swatch, so I did not think this yarn would be useful for a lace shawl after all. Well, we know that washing, blocking and wearing it will have some bearing on how it will 
end up. So the first wash, block and wear, Carol um, said she uh, used Stergene wool wash f- and uh, for one hour uh, and then squeezed out the excess water and rolled it in a towel. She laid it flat to dry in the airing cupboard and then when it was dry she wore it under her bra strap in the middle of her back for an hour or so whilst in the pursuit of knitting. And she said it was fairly prickly and she was aware of it. She said, after a shower, I wore it to bed under my PJs on my hip. Oh, my word, you absolute wool exploration hero wearing your swatch to bed. After saying that it prickled you, my hat is all off. Um, and she said it was a prickle-free all night and was totally unaware of it. Um, while I removed it, it felt nice and soft in my hands and very pliable. So it was prickly in the mid back, but not so prickly on the hip. That was that's really interesting. And again, hats off for top wool exploration. Mariette, with her Lancashire uh, Zwartblaze, said, "I washed it in Uslan for twenty minutes and dried the swatch without blocking. There is still good stitch definition, but the stitches are not all separate anymore, but more together." The cable was very defined, but a bit less uh, than before washing. The size is not altered after the first wash. She wore it all day under her bra strap. At first, I felt uh, it was there and changed it after a while to the other shoulder and afterwards forgot she was wearing it at all and could not see any changes to the fabric of the swatch. Claire, with her Hampshire uh, four-ply woolen spun Zwartblaze, said hand washed in hand hot water and liquid soap for 30 minutes there was no discoloration in the water uh, blocked and dried in the sun and swatch measures 23 and a half centimeters by 15 centimeters worn on the hip overnight pinned to pjs another absolute sleeping wool exploration test what a hero um warm and soft no sensitivity at all incredible uh, Deborah Reynolds with her handspun singles lace worsted and woolen spun Zwartblaze worsted blocked and looked neater ribbing pulled in as normal and like the woolen swatch which she said the ribbing stayed loose uh, the worsted stocking it wanted to bias as usual as singles yarn tends to want to do but eyelets lace cables and ribbing did not or did not much, she says. Uh, Lace and cable stood out more in the silvery part of the fleece that she'd spun and knitted. Uh, It has more of a sheen. On wearing the woolen swatch, Deborah said the pearl, um, she put the pearl side across her chest. Uh, It was an overall wooly feel, some prickle, shifted to inside of the cuff, wooly feel, prickle not noticeable. Uh, Belinda, with her own hand-spun Australian Zwartblaze, uh, washed in lukewarm water with nature's choice wool wash, pegged it out to dry, stretched it out as much as I could. It has nice drape and feels nice in the hand. The crochet has become less stiff and the knitted swatches opened up in the lace panels really nicely. I kept them in my pyjamas and they were very warm, slight prickle tingle but not uncomfortably so. The crochet swatch in particular was noticeable but the knitted swatch I forgot it was there. The cables have kind of gone flat, though the crossovers look nice. Thank you, Belinda. Uh, Elena, with her hand-spun, four-ply, worsted-spun uh, yarn using Zwartblaze from Wingham Woolworks, 
she soaked her new salon and hand-stretched out to dry, slightly less crisp-looking and more fuzzy, worn on the hip for a day, and I forgot till I found out on the bedroom floor in the next morning. Uh, Then on the inner elbow, which was more sensitive, um, so the odd prickle there. Natalie, with her Zwartblaze local to her in the Netherlands, uh, hand-spun from uh, fleece from pure wool, uh, she soaked in Uslan in hand warm water for two hours, blocked to 14 by 14 centimetres. The wool has expanded and fooled and the fabric looks quite dense. Uh, garter border feels less bouncy, but the fabric is very stretchy. Worn it at my right shoulder under the brass strap and feels nice and very warm. No prickle at all. With the Worsted spun, mill spun yarn from that same supplier, Natalie soaked uh, in Ucelan in the same hand warm, warm water for two hours. It grew a bit. Um, she blocked it to 14 by 14 centimetres to get the lace pattern to stand out. The fabric has softened a bit, uh, but still is prickly, uh, but the cable stands out nicely. We're on the left shoulder neck area under the brass strap and initially there was some prickle. And although I forgot about the swatch uh, quite a few times, I kept noticing that itch. It was quite warm. Um, She says I went for a walk with my 12 kilogram kid in a backpack, subjecting the swatch to a thorough wear test and it did not pill or felt. So again, really interesting to hear the difference between the woolen and the worsted spun of that same, same fleece. Mariette, with her uh, green heart wool sport, woolen spun uh, Netherlands Zwartbels uh, yarn. She says, I washed in Ucelan and laid it flat without blocking. The yarn bloomed. The stitches were more even and the lace opened up. The size altered a bit. It was uh, something bigger, but not much. I wore it under my bra strap next to my skin. At first I felt it, but immediately I forgot and I could not see any difference after wearing brilliant thank you so much for that first round of wash block and wear in the second wash block and wear carol found that her lancashire farm yarns double knit woolen spun swatch had shrunk a little in fact it was actually three inches i think um it shrunk lengthwise um this time she placed it in a lingerie bag in the uh, machine and washed it with a dark load at 40 degrees for an hour with a 1500 rpm spin um, she used her usual washing detergent and fabric softener. She laid it flat to dry in the airing cupboard. Um, and she said, I wore it to work on my back under my bra strap. It was noticeably more prickly. So I moved it to my hip and it was absolutely fine. I forgot it was there. Uh, Mariette with the same Lancashire farm yarn. For the second wash, I took a leap and it went in the laundry in the washing machine on a 30 degree gentle cycle in a laundry bag with a pair of jeans. At first I was afraid I'd screwed up, but after drying it turned out to be a lovely fabric. It had felted a bit and it can still stretch very well. The stitch definition is gone, but I can still see the cable. It feels like a warmer woolen velvet. New size is 14 centimetres long and 11.5 centimetres wide, which was originally 15 by 12 centimetres. Interesting the difference between 10 degrees in the washing machine between these two yarns, which are the same the same yarns. I'm always very grateful when wool explorers want to put their machine, their swatches in the machine and, and try it on there. 
Claire with her uh, Roscombe Farm four ply woolen spun, the Zwartlis from Hampshire, she said uh, she also machine washed the swatch on the wool cycle. This was a 40 degree wool cycle uh, and a 400 RPM spin cycle. She used liquid soap and the cycle lasted approximately 40 minutes. She blocked it and dried it in the sun and the swatch measured 23.5 by 14.5 centimetres. No noticeable difference in appearance from the previous block. Um, so between hand washing and gentle wool washing in the machine, there's not much difference. Good stitch definition, still soft and warm in the hand. The swatch wrapped around my arm, so I pinned it uh, to form a deep cuff and I wore it in my arm for the evening, both around the house and out walking the dogs. Again, lovely and soft and warm. Happy to wear this next to my skin. Fantastic, Claire. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Belinda, on her second wash, block and wear, she says, I didn't get the chance to wash and block it myself. I intended to wash the uh, the knit swatch the same as before and block it hard and try to felt the crochet swatch. Um, I got my husband to do the washing instead and he said he used hot water. His version of hot is different from mine, she says. Um, with wool wash, he pegged them onto the clothes the horse over the heater and I wore them under my bra strap comfortably. The crochet swatch has developed more drape and the gaps have filled in considerably with a halo, though it is still firm and bouncy. The knit swatch is very elastic and drapey. Brilliant. Really nice to, you know, bring partners into the wash, block and wear test as well. I, I heartily approve of that. Um, Elena, with her hand-spun four-ply um, worsted-spun uh, yarn from Wing and Woolworks Tops, she, uh, again, another washing um, machine uh, in the gentle cycle, slightly more crisp and curiously less fuzzy, worn under the bra strap for a day, couldn't feel it at all. Natalie, with her both her hand spun and the mill spun yarn from Pure Wool in the Netherlands, she washed both of these at 30 degrees Celsius uh, in the machine with regular washing detergent uh, she said um, this, the hand spun swatch lost half a centimetre in vertical direction the fabric is very stretchy and the wool has fooled even a bit more I wore this at my belly for the entire day and it was warm and soft and cosy with the mill spun worsted spun Zwartblaze from Pure Wool uh, she says the, the swatch shrunk a tiny bit in the vert vertical direction and the clear stitch definition is less pronounced and the lace pattern gets lost, but the cable stands out beautifully. I think washing has improved the look and feel of this fabric. It has softened up substantially and it has become very stretchy and looks a bit fuzzier. I wore it at my belly for the entire day and... If it wasn't so warm outside, I think I wouldn't have noticed it was there. It has excellent insulating properties. Uh, Mariette, with her green heart rules, the Zwartbuzz that is very close to her in the Netherlands. Uh, the second time I washed it in clean, tepid water without detergent, I blocked it aggressively so that the new size was 22 centimetres square. And it was beautiful i wore it on my hip without noticing it and after wearing the size has shrunk a bit to 20 centimeters square it has lovely drape now also a brilliant reminder that once we've washed a swatch and blocked a swatch 
that you know a wool will ping back even more um, once it's worn and that's a good two centimeters on the width and the the vertical that's really interesting um, and a lovely drape fantastic Marietta also did a third wash block and wear. She said, I wanted to wash it a third time and I was very glad that I did. I just held it with the water flowing from the tap so it became very wet. I dried it flat without blocking, but to my amazement, it was not so much altered. It was a bit smaller than uh, before, but bigger than when I'd first washed it. I wore it without noticing. The yarn has softened up and is much woollier. The stitches are open and even and the fabric still has a lot of drape. Carol also did a third wash block and wear. She said she placed it inside a lingerie bag and washed it with towels at 60 degrees for one hour with a full a 1500 rpm spin using biological washing powder soda crystals and fabric conditioner as she laid it to dry in the airing cupboard it's now a bit creased with tighter stitches which are less defined although stiffer the, the swatches retained some elasticity and can be stretched easily and and still feels fairly soft in my hand but this could be from the fabric conditioner that i'd used uh, it was too prickly for wearing on my back but bearable on my hip Deborah Reynolds also did a third wash block and wear and she said of her worsted spun swatch that some surface fuzz is obscuring the stitches somewhat but definition is still pretty good and there's still sheen, the lace is open but the yarn has a nubbly, a nubbly bend. Uh, cables indistinct in the singles, better in the three-plied Zwartblaze. Bands of reversed stockinette stitch stand out well. The woolen spun swatch is beginning to fool and fuzz all over. The knit looks neater all over. The stitches and cables are more regular. The lace opens for ventilation, but the fuzz obscures it more. It behaves, uh, but getting it damp means that it will bias. Um, thank you so much, Deborah, and thank you to all those of you who did an extra uh, wash, block and wear, um, which always teaches us something every single time we do that wash block and wear um so thoughts for use on zwartblaze um carol said of her um lancashire farm yarn zwartblaze um similar to hebridean i can see why they are spun together she says i have some daughter of a shepherd heritage which is is this combination perfect for comforting chocolate color Great for warm outer garments, cardigans, jumpers, hats and gloves. It would be hard wearing and last years if laundered properly. Although I wouldn't want this yarn on my neck or upper body, I think I could wear it on my tummy and my hip area with no problem. So maybe some winter shorts to wear under a skirt on those freezing cold days. Some wooly drars, as we would say in Shetland. Mariette, using the same... Uh, Lancashire Zwartblitz yarn said I would love to make a hat or mittens and wash it in the same way in the washing machine this makes a warm and soft fabric with still enough stretch Claire Moore with the Hampshire Zwartblitz from Roscombe Farm said the Zwartblitz tested very well it was lovely to knit once I got the needle size right in the four ply this could make a lovely sweater that could easily be worn with short sleeve top or a vest top underneath I also think it would make wonderful soft toys because of all all I could think about when I was knitting with it was teddy bears 
Deborah said the worsted draft resulted in a good stitch definition and brought out the handsome colours and some sheen. Surface fuzz increased though, um, so she thinks capes, blankets, um, woven outerwear. She says the woolen spun looks like it would fool pretty well for outerwear, blankets, hats, boot socks and hand coverings. And she said it's dark so it won't show up the dirt, which is also good. <laughs> Belinda, she she hand spun some worsted zwartblaze, um, and she said, "At first observation, whilst knitting, I didn't think I could wear this next to my skin. Now I'm not so sure. Densely crocheted, definitely not. But that would make bulletproof yet elastic outerwear. I'd love to feel this as a woven fabric." for that use. I wouldn't want to make a scarf or a cowl from this yarn, but if it, if I was a lace knitter, a lace shawl would be incredible. The knitted swatch isn't what I'd call soft. It would hold complex lace beautifully. My muddled out lace looks lovely, she said. She said, I absolutely love this wool and the resulting yarn. I'd love to spin this woolen to see if there was a difference. My husband has spent the whole time I have been writing this, fondling the crochet swatch and describes it as gravelly and tactile, rough and tough, but in a good way. Uh, it feels cool, quotes, um, which is high praise for him because usually he hasn't got much to say about a swatch. Thank you very much, Belinda's husband, for that um, uh, review that, as I say, it's always brilliant to hear what other people think of the swatches that you're making. Um Elena, with her hand spun, the elbow wear was test suitability for a jumper and I think it passed. Definitely okay with a layer underneath, she said. She found that Zwartblaze was reluctant to pill, even though rubbing between her knuckles um, just managed to summon a little fuzziness. She said it was very similar to Black Welsh Mountain, but doesn't have the romance of that breed in her head. Though she says, I'm sure the Netherlands are lovely. I can't quite get as excited about them as Snowdonia. <laughs> That's just personal preference from Elena there. Um, Natalie, who not only knit with millspun, but also handspun Zwartblaze from Pure Wool in the Netherlands. She said, warm, uh, insulating wool, which can be worn next to the skin. I think the fooling would make this yarn very suitable for colour work. And I think I might make a jumper out of it. Think thinking about combining it with Castle Milk Murit in an Enchanted Forest jumper. Well, I haven't seen the Enchanted Forest jumper, but I'm sure with Castle Milk Murit, those two would go together really well. Um, she said she flick carded the locks um, and did a long draw for spinning, and she says that she liked her hand spun better than the commercial yarn um, that she knit with from the same supplier. Although she, although she did say she really liked the texture of that wool, um, but feel... Uh, in worsted spun preparation, it was a bit too coarse for wearing next to her sensitive neck area. She said, I think the fabric improved a lot with machine washing and may, after this, be used in those areas. More suitable for cables and textures than for lace patterns. I will probably make some lace, some cable patterns into fingerless gloves. Thinking about the green mountain mitts or the totally long cabled Nope, the totally cabled long fingerless mitts. I will try and find uh, links to these patterns and put them in the show notes. Um, and like everything that goes on the blog from now on, I will not be using Ravelry links. 
Mariette, with her with her uh, local Netherlands Zwartbliss, said, After all, I do think this yarn is perfect for lace. I can wear it next to my skin, at my neck, so I can make a shawl out of it, uh, but it's also very hard-wearing. I did not succeed in making pills, even after frequently rubbing. Brilliant. Thank you so much um, to all of our wool explorers um, this month, and lots of spinning this month. I also um, spun... Uh, but my Zwartbliss, uh were tops that I bought from John Arbin. Now, I have knit with John Arbin's um, Millspun Zwartbliss yarn before. They do um, fantastic. I think it's in four-ply and in double-knit. Um, and Zwartbliss, and then there's also Zwartbliss and their Exmoor Blueface. And I'd knit with that before and I really, really loved that. I thought it was a really special yarn. Um, so I bought some of the Zwartbliss tops from John Arbum and I really loved spinning process with this yarn. I've created a really nice airy yarn and in fact I went and bought even more of it after doing it. It reminded me somewhat of Hebridean um, wool and so I totally concur with um, compared it with Hebridean, um, but it was springy like a downbreed as well. Um, so I ended up with a three ply kind of Aranish um, weight, um, which, if we're talking about this in dark chocolate um, terms, it was about a 75% cocoa solids uh, yarn, um, very springy, very plump. I, of course, knit a polygon, which I'm the pattern I use for all of my wool exploration. Eventually I will get a whole blanket made, polygon blanket made from all of these wool explorations. Um, and it was lovely and plump. Uh, again, it reminded me of down breeds, but it also reminded me of um, the primitive breeds, the Northern European short tail breeds. Knit very similarly. Um, I, I could also compare it with Jacobs actually as well. It had uh, that. Um, I found I found that um, my spinning produced a, a more elastic yarn, and the polygons I made were just fantastic. I think I made about three different polygons from this test. I had one under each bra strap, and um, one tucked into my uh, top of my trousers at my hip, and I didn't I didn't feel any of them in fact the day after I was telling my friend that I was had testing the swatch and I went actually and I like checked under my blast straps and I, like where did they go because obviously I'd been asleep I'd gone to bed and take you know change my change into my pajamas and didn't realize that I'd dropped the swatches so that just goes to show um uh how how I felt about the wear. I, I, yeah, I would definitely, definitely, definitely um, spin with this again. And as I say, I've bought more. Um, I love the colour of it. I love how it spun. I love how it reminded me of some of my other favourite yarns to spin with and knit with, uh, namely the, those primitive breeds and the downier breeds. And um, yeah, I, I would quite like to make enough for a sweater, although I'm not sure I'm that committed to um, at the moment to spin in that that amount but um but yeah Zwartbliss firmly on the list of my favorite um rules for wool exploration so far I think thank you so much to all of our wool explorers uh for Zwartbliss it's always fascinating to learn how we experience these different breeds 
uh, in yarn form and you know it's an absolute delight to see Zwartblaze available more and more in commercial spun yarns it's available from from places like northern yarns and fine fental fibres and used wool use a lot of Zwartblaze um, John Arban as I've said it, yeah it's great to see how we all experience these breeds in different yarn forms um it's just always a joy and, a, and it's always a fascinating learning curve. I've started an Instagram account, which is wool underscore exploration. And I will be uploading eventually all of the beads we've looked at so far with sort of nutshell Instagram bite worthy proportions of our findings. Uh, lots of people are following, engaging with the few posts that are already up there and finding of interest and that's the point isn't it getting more people to know about breed wool through our explorations um so it's brilliant thank you so much for all of your wool exploring this year and um next year who knows um definitely shropshire and whiteface woodland um but again um i will let you know uh, what and when and what the deadlines are uh, but I'll also post on the blog as well um, a social media so that you get the the um, heads up for that well friends that is a lot of chat for one episode and I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in and thanks for all of your correspondence your commenting your liking your subscribing and all that jazz this year um, there have been so many downs and ups this year. I can't even talk about the dastardly lows over at Ravelry again um, and the impact that that's had or, you know, never mind the impact of COVID. I won't be reviewing this year, um, but I'm so grateful to all you wool workers and wool explorers out there for your support and your enthusiasm for the podcast. 2021 is as yet an unknown quantity. <laughs> My only advice to you, if I can give you any, is to be kind to yourself. Um, close your eyes and your mind to the no doubt unending stream of online diarrhea about new year new you that will be spewing forth soon um, you do you and you do you in your way in any way shape or form to get through without doing harm to yourself or others um, you do you I can only send you my good wishes and love and hope that 2021 has a bit more balance for us all. And before I go, I thought I would read a poem, leave with a poem, because some of you said nice things about me reading poems in the last episode. And this one is uh, from Liz Lockhead, from her book, Fugitive Colours, which is um, published by Polygon. Uh, this poem was written as a banner with lines contributed from London school children at the tree from Norway in Trafalgar Square uh, in 2014 and it's called How I'll Decorate My Tree. How I'll Decorate My Tree. It was still very far from Christmas when my mama said to me, tell me precious what are you gonna hang on our Christmas tree? I said the fairy lights that dad's just fixed and jewel-coloured jelly beans from the pick and mix. Oh, and from it I'll dangle tinsel in tangles, sparkles, sequins and spangles. A golden coin, chocolate money. That cracker joke that was actually funny. 
my rosary beads and a plastic rose, as red as Rudolph Reindeer's nose. The gnome that grows the tangerines, the picture of me with my tambourine, and this is mum's favourite, she says, the photo of all of us in our PJs. The ladybird book that Lola lent me, the blue butterfly bracelet that Brittany sent me, an earring I lost, a pop-up Jack Frost, a space hopper, an everlasting gobstopper, a pink-eyed sugar mouse, the keys to my grandfather's house, a tiny pair of trainers with silver laces, and now my smile is straight, gonna hang up my braces, a marble, an angel scrap, a star, the very last sweetie out my advent calendar, a kiss under the mistletoe, a mitten still cracked with the crunch and creak of snow. <laughs> that glitter scarf I finally got sick of. A spoon with cake mix still to lick off. The dove of peace that our Darren made. Some green thoughts in our tree's green shade. I'll hang up every evergreen memory of moments as melted and gone as that candle was supposed to smell of cinnamon. Memories big as a house and as smalls, the baubles I used to call baubles. With pleasure, I'll treasure them. Then, on proper Christmas Day, I'll show them all to you between the Queen's speech and Doctor Who. That made me laugh, the bit about the mittens, because of how I described the mittens in the perspectives thing about making snowballs with mittens. That was totally fluky. Um, and totally lovely. I love Liz Lockhead and um, I love the imagery of children and their favourite things at Christmas all rolled up into that um, poem. And, you know, we have to wait a bit longer for Doctor Who now because Doctor Who is now on New Year's Day. But wait we shall. Um, thank you very much for listening again. Thank you so much for being with the podcast and um i want you to take good care um this episode is for fizz and for dante a very good girl and a very fine boy respectively who have had to leave their warm baskets here and their loving owners and go on to comfier and warmer beds somewhere beyond until next time take good care bye for now Thanks for listening to the Woolwork Podcast. I was your host, Louise Scully. You can follow me on Instagram at underscore Woolwork and full show notes with images and links can be found by following the link in the show notes on your app. Man records it on a big record in wax.
Century in the Friesland It's fart, fart. Though fleece can bleach brown. Uh, in in um, like that extra step of taste, trying it in a different tasting it. Of felt the crochet swatch. Oh, the crochet swatch. Cro- <laughs> and um, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the. Dinner.